Welcome to the Startup Competitors Podcast, where we talk with early stage entrepreneurs to understand what information they use to inform product roadmap, strategy, and market differentiation. Hey there. Today I'm chatting with Sherry Jung, who's the founder and CEO of Genopallet. Uh, Sherry and I talk about nutrigenetics, uh, which is a fantastic topic that I know very little about. Uh, how she decided to build a product in that space, how she thinks she can change food buying behaviors in the future to fight obesity and diabetes, uh, what it looks like to build a mission-driven company, uh, what success looks like over the course of a couple of years. It, we actually covered a, a ton of ground, which is great. Uh, we wrap up talking a little bit about um, some current books that she's read and um, you know some some tips for maybe finding a mentor. Uh, really enjoyed this conversation. Um, I feel like Sherry was very patient with me in some of my questioning. Hope you enjoy it too. Uh, check them out online, genopallet.com. And thank you so much for listening. With that, I also want to do a quick shout out to Fuel Merchandise Group. Fuel is uh, one of our newer sponsors here to the podcast. You can find them at fuelmerchandise.com. If you need any brand marketing or products for your company, you can get 10% off your first order. Just mention startup competitors at fuelmerchandise.com. And with that, we'll just get right on to the show. Thanks so much for listening. Welcome to the podcast. Today, we have Sherry Zhang, who's the founder and CEO of Genopallet. Sherry, welcome. Hi, Mike. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Why don't we start with a quick pitch for Genopallet? Sure. My favorite thing to do. Um, Genopallet is a a nutrition intelligence company you may we create this uh, unique database to support individualized personalized nutrition planning and identify the opportunities informed by all the way to the core of your biology the dna and then finding the opportunities to build out a personalized eating plan for each person so you and I are born with a different ancestry for nutrition because our ancestors lived through different paths of their biology and their food environment at the time. So as you can imagine, that makes you and me digest the same food with completely different outcomes, the nuances to that. So using something called nutrigenetics as a technology that I studied for over a decade as a researcher uh, at the Medical College of Wisconsin, Genopilot be able to provide that to pretty much everybody using their genetics and other information to personalize your nutrition and food choices. Let's take that to one, the, the next level of tangibility. So if I want to use Genopilot, what is that experience like as, a, as an end user? Yeah, very similar to offers by platforms such as 23andMe, Right, Ancestry.com, where you order your Genopilot analysis on our e-commerce, so Genopilot.com, and then uh, we will ask you whether you have your existing information with your DNA. So if you have experience with 23andMe, and you can actually upload your existing DNA to our site, we turn that into something you can actually use for daily relevance for your food and nutrition. If, let's say, you never had anything to do with genetics, never did a test like that, uh, we have our own CLIA lab. We can process your DNA 
So if you go that path, we'll send you a homebound test, and it's a swab test. No blood is involved. You just scrape it inside of your cheeks a few times on each cheeks and and drop the swab into the pre-labeled mail envelope. And then days later, our lab will receive it, process it, and read all the fantastic nutritional information out of your DNA that we extracted and uh, provide a, a digital report back to you through our mobile app or web app. Awesome. Perfect. And uh, for full disclosure, I heard you give this pitch in Chicago uh, almost two years now, and I, it is one of the very few times I've heard a pitch and then immediately went out and purchased the product. So I ended up getting my report. Uh, that would have been, I, I guess, a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, and which was, uh, which is super interesting. So I, I would strongly encourage folks to, to go out there and do that, particularly if you've been struggling with some different things in your diet or you know, some folks in my family have autoimmune uh, issues and stuff like that. And it's just been super helpful to, to get some insight into some of that. Thank you. Thank you for doing that right after you, we met. So get, paint a picture of the kind of current status of the company for somebody who's listening. Are you like just about to IPO with 200 employees, are you still two founders in a garage? Any kind of vanity metrics you can share to help uh, somebody understand where you're at on this journey? (laughs) Um, We are in between, right? So we have 17 full-time employees today and working with a lot more um, part-time and agencies. Um, We, from the beginning, we want to, I wanted to build a, a lean startup and focusing on the the unique value proposition we create, we are providing to the world and to people. Anything else, we don't want to reinvent a wheel. If it's already out there, we leverage that. So a relatively small team compared to what you alluded as 200 and close to IPO size. Um, but we're servicing <laughs> thousands and thousands of uh, new individuals weeks to to month every month right so reaching a lot of people with our technology and service and, and care so it's a wonderful setup other things i can paint the picture with is the company did well in 2019 it's only 18 months after our full you know full-on e-commerce was long, launched with the packaging of the programming and the content and the technology whatnot so 2019, we we made over our first million dollars uh, as a company, actually one and a half. And this year, we are looking at revenue-wise um, between 200 to 300 growth, 100% growth. So two, two to three times growth on, on revenue side. And then if you count by user growth, we are probably five to six times more than what we did in 2019. So so it's definitely on the hockey stick <laughs> shape right now. Yeah, exciting time. And we'll congratulations. Probably will do more, uh, making more mom- momentums in, in 2021. That's awesome. Thank you. Talk to me a little bit about competition in the space. What, who else is doing nutrigenetics in, in the way that you're approaching it? When you think of kind of competitors for GenoPallet, who or what comes to mind? Yeah, um, there's a f- few companies, uh, interestingly, the major ones we can call as um, 
competition is actually not located here. Two are in Canada. Uh, one is called uh, GINI, uh, G-I-N-I, and the other one is uh, Nutrigenomics uh, based in Toronto, uh, founded by a, a professor and scientist uh, in nutrition. The, the other one is uh, called the DNA Fit, is uh, located in London, in the UK. Um, those are probably more comparable to what the value proposition we have, meaning they have some technology looking to people's DNA and then finding the signals that can be linked with food and nutrition. We're all kind of using different approaches. The technology core will be very different as well, as far as I can see. And then we're focusing on behavior changes because if you look at the, there's a model called the health model. Um, it's a, like a pie chart. So pretty much say, hey, Mike Kelly, of your health, what factors go into making the impact there? So if you look at the pie chart, this is 30 years of seminal work, 30% of your health is determined by genetic factors. And 40% of your health is determined by behavior, right? So, and then 10% is being addressed by health system, so which is unfortunate um, reality that we want to help change. So, but back to that genetic factor and behavior, and that's 70% of the signals or data that people really don't have an effective scientific way to tackle, address, and use, right? So that's where I think my industry and where we are regarded as a innovation leader, we call it a personalized nutrition industry. And then nutrigenetics is a kind of a, a technology insight, if you may. So we want to capture that 70% of signals for each person and help them drive the success in health through healthy eating. So once somebody gets that kind of initial report and, and gets a, you know, starts to get some insight into what healthy eating looks like for them, how does GenoPallet work with them then over time to, to do some of those behavior changes? Yeah, what we found is people have, and then you are a customer, so you can please share your experience. And so what we found from a lot of people's feedback and, and also our observation is that when you know your genetic code, the recommendations, scientific recommendations on your nutrition become a, a more sticky, stickier relationship for you versus the, you know, we all being bombarded with lots of uh, fatty diets, right? Uh, recommendations all the time. They, they rotating too, right? One day it's whole 30, the other day is South Beach, whatnot. But what is really for that, for you and for that person? It really depends on a lot of factors we just talked about, genetic, um, where do you live, your access to health, healthy food, groceries. And so all of this play a big role. And knowing all of these, we leverage this relationship we um, you know, establish with uh, each customer. And then we trying to not only give them the what, but also... Uh, tell them how to. So we want to be, become their intelligent RD friend in the pocket, if you may, and help you to walk through your daily life, right? If you want to go for shopping for food and 
you can pull up our mobile app and, and access your uh, genetically informed food choices or shopping list for you and then make those choices on spot, right? Or if you have more time, you want to read about what is what does zinc do for you? Uh, we have all those library of information and content through our digital friends for you as well. And then a lot of the consumer you know, wellness products, the success secret is about how much, how successful or effective their communication is, how effective their education is. Right? So we're definitely recognize that and then focusing on, on that aspect to help people more. That's awesome. You're very thoughtful in your responses. Like I can feel you walking me down a path. I like it. It's good. Thank you for doing that. All right. So talk to me a little bit about where you think Gino Palette is going. So if you if you think of three to five years in the future, what's different? <laughs> I think five years from today, I would like to see people start to use our technology in all aspects of food life. For example, I always tell my people, oh, our goal, one goal or use case will be you walk into your favorite Starbucks store if you, you go there and out of 20 people there, at least one is using a Genopilot app or technology to in, inform that person which latte at what time is best for you. Right, that information is powered by GenoPilot, and so on and so on. So that's that's how I want to see how much reach and depth we're impacting people's nutritional life for their optimal health. So I I guess maybe this is a broader question about nutrigenetics in general. Like, at what point do you think? I don't know. So I'm struggling with this question. So when I, when I open up my, my report, which I have open in front of me, it has like a, you know, bunch of really pretty colors and it, you know, down, down the side. And and then it, it, it does a breakdown of, you know, what, what's the gene, what's the prevalence and then what is that? And then the, thankfully the human readable text of what does that mean to me? Right. Like what should I do? What's my recommendation? And so one of the things that that got me thinking of is it to, to what you just said of, you know, you're walking down the store aisle and you know what to buy for you. Do you ever see a world where, you know, as an industry, nutrigenetics gets broad enough adoption or kind of a consumer base where just like you can walk in and you can find things that are gluten-free, dairy-free, whatever, there would be like color coding on a on a package where you could very quickly scan an aisle and see, like, you know, visually see, hey, these are the things that are going to that are going to mesh well with you based on, you know, this little color chart that you can identify, you know, the things that are good for you on that. Yeah. A, a stamp to approve. This is yeah. gene approved for you, right? Yeah. We, we see that. We see that. We talk about that. We are uh, definitely have some uh, partnership, uh, you know, interest in along the line, but that you captured very well in a very nicely articulated use case where, we want to help the person curate like a mountain size of information out there for food and options, right? How can you sift through? How can I sift through all this cyberflow, all this information, still finding that flavor I like, still finding that texture, the smell, and the, the, the enjoyment of 
food. I love food. I, I, I was brought up in a, a very rich um, environment, culturally rich environment for food back in Asia and my family. So I appreciate that so much that I hate to see because we're facing obesity epidemic, because we're facing diabetes, you know, type 2 diabetes epidemic, cardiovascular, all these nutrition-caused issues, I see that being that enjoyment from food is actually slowly and gradually taken away from people. And I don't think that's the only way. We, well, I think there is a way to keep that um, enjoyment of your passion for food and at the same time keep you healthy. So I, I'm probably a little branching out, but I, 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 I see that it's in the future. What's been the biggest hurdle getting this business off the ground and, and getting kind of to the point where you are today, where you're starting to see that hockey stick growth? When you, when you reflect back on all of the, the challenges you've had trying to you know, get this thing moving, which ones, it doesn't have to be one, it, it can be a couple, which ones stand out to you as, you know, as you look back as like, you know, when I was there in that moment, I didn't know how I would overcome this. And yet I found the way to do that. Probably two things came into my mind. One is distill the idea to the famous MVP, the min- minimal viable thing, and then recognize what is the minimal viable thing and then make the you know the hard decision quick decision to okay this is good enough i'm going to launch it no matter what people say i think having that determination at the right time is probably uh, a critical for, for 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 in my experience and then uh, lay down the foundation for the success today and the other way to say that is what i meant to say is is with such a big Good idea, and in other people's comments for you know, in terms of Gino Palette, where there's a this big problem we're all facing, right? How to what do I eat every day? Yeah, what do I eat that is good for me, right? Because we know it's obesity is there, and da da da. So, it's a big problem. And and my background, as you know, is I have a PhD in, in molecular biology, I studied obesity genetics, epigenetics for a, over a decade. So this is this is everything I live, I live, I breathe and walk, the problem I want to solve. And at the same time, food is such a food as medicine is everywhere and you have so many options, so many di- directions you can go. So with Genopala, we always have, the, we still have that uh, big, uh, good problem to have is we have so many directions we can go. And then now we're accumulating a lot of assets and there's more opportunities, right? More options. It's very hard in some people's opinion for Gino pilots from founder now to a team to focus or finding that a few lower hanging fruits or levers to really see to us for sustainable growth and also stay true to our core values, which we want to impact people's health and we're not going to compromise on that. We're dealing with very sensitive information such as genetic information. We are not going to compromise on that. You know, it's it's hard when you want to grow fast and still uh, stick with your core value. There's always choices. There's always compromise. So, and there's a, incurred more work. So, so I think we're doing well. We did well in choosing which path 
which way that stay on the principles and then stay on the, the sustainable path. And that's one. I'm sorry, it's a long answer. That's okay. <laughs> that's a great answer. <laughs> the other one is uh, more inside of um, me as the founder. So I'm the sole founder of Genopilot. For a long time, it's only me. I need to make all the decisions for this organization from only me to many, many great people. So it's pretty hard in the beginning for me to uh, decide, is this the one that I want to continue devoting the rest of my intelligent life to, professional life to? While I was living the dream, I was having uh, the dream job of me always from a childhood is to become a scientist, is become a, a kind of a teaching and also researching at the same time. And after many years of hard work, I finally got that position and started to publish great papers and working with the brightest scientists in the field and so on and so forth. It was good. Um, but in a way, there's something also calling me to change that reality and taking on something really strange and and bigger than myself. So that's Gino Pallet. But I now I looking back and uh, I don't regret my my decision that uh, I'm gonna change my career path to focus on the company I founded. Can we dive into that a little bit more? When did you when did you first have the idea for Gino Pallet and then how long was it before you made that jump to say, no, I, I really want to do that? So when I was a postdoc, postdoc fellow at MCW, I was in New York attending a, a conference. So it's very boutique conference. Only 500 people can, can get in. That's founded by the discoverer of DNA Helix, Dr. Watson, Jim Watson. And the meeting was fantastic. And during that meeting, I heard the one of the founders of the 23andMe gave the first pitch to this really elite scientist group. And I was fascinated by the idea. That was probably over a decade ago. <laughs> and then from that moment, I thought I was happily doing my research, but I thought, oh, there's a way to really take this, you know, leveraging the human genome was sequenced right, uh, in 2002. And now we can really provide this access to your own DNA for everybody in a very affordable price. So that was fascinating. That's the idea. And then watching them grow, learning from their lessons is very helpful. And then three years later, Ancestry.com, which is a paper company building your paper pedigree, right? They take on DNA. They took on DNA technology very successfully to using DNA to help build your pedigree with science and molecular insights. That was beautiful too. So watching these two companies grow and then, you know, while building my own uh, network and and uh, research competency on genomics. And so eight years later, that was four years ago, um, so 2016, I started to talk to, I started kind of make the decision, you know what, I'm going to, I dreamt enough, I'm going to, and I also prepared for having startups. I had two companies before I founded Genopilot. So I think I thought I was ready and then I knew what's needed. So I 
I need people, I need help, I need intellect, and then the secondary is from, uh, capital and so on and so forth. So I, I started to went, went about and have so much coffee that I'm a caffeine slow metabolizer. I can't tell you how many coffee um, <laughs> sessions I went about, but it was all good. I, I met so many different interesting people. And then a few got me, a few believed in me, and a few wanted to help me. And that's the, really the beginning of Chino Pilot. Is a fantastic story. And somehow in there, you thought you could sneak by the fact that you had two companies before Gino Palette. How, what, tell, just real quick, what were those two companies? Sure. Both were in Asian market. Uh, one is, is something really, something else than what I was trained for. Is, uh, think about the LinkedIn uh, app-based networking, social networking, but for professionals, we we wanted to do that in the Asian market with the the local culture and there's a lot of uh, you know support and from the government and industry and uh, we could leverage. I was doing that in Shanghai. I was a founding uh, a founding CEO when we started that company. So that gave me the idea and also experience working with you know, 30 to 40 developers of software, <laughs> how to work with them to really taking a idea, a concept, uh, which we think viable and to, through a digital friends to, to impact lots of lots of professionals and people. That was a really neat experience. And then the second one, and I had a period where I traveled back and forth between Shanghai and, and Milwaukee. And um, the second one was actually back to my core competency, where we developed uh, China's first and still the biggest pharmacogenomics platform. What pharmacogenomics do is to taking DNA of cancer patients and tailor a customized, personalized, really, uh, treatments plan based on their genes for their people to increase their lifespan. I think Genopala is kind of the a good child of the the outcomes of both. You don't you don't think small, do you? <laughs> I'm a very curious person. I don't know whether it's big or small, but it's just always <laughs> why and why not. Awesome. This episode is brought to you by Full Stack PEO. Most founders start companies because they figured out a better way to solve a problem or serve a need, not because they love tracking payroll, filling out compliance forms, and explaining employee benefits packages. And yet, all that stuff still has to be done. That's why there's Full Stack PEO. Full Stack PEO specializes in turnkey HR for emerging companies, not just those core services, but advice and expertise that help founders maximize employee potential. Curious? Find out more at fullstackpeo.com. As you look forward, particularly during this time of growth, what what has you nervous? Not not necessarily in the in the business, but as you reflect on kind of where you're at in the business, where where you think, okay, here's a place where you know for this next stage of growth, I need to raise my game, I need to get better, and and then what are you doing about that? Whether that's surrounding yourself with advisors, reading books. Like I, I'd be super interested in, you know, what 
what kind of you think the next stage in your personal growth is and what you're doing about that. Yeah, thank you for that. I'm a forever learner. I I love doing that. And I think I'm a a better student than a teacher, although I came from a teacher's family. I think I'm effective enough. I love teaching people. I hope they learn something from me, but but I love learning. So my learning tools or, you know, downloads usually through Audible. Um, I read too, but I read slower than I listen. So yep. <laughs> you find the best tools and, and you know, TED Talk is a, a good friend when you want to have some summarize the wisdom and then people, right? So I have so uh, I have the fortune fortune to to have really engaged mentors. You don't need a lot; you need probably two or three. They serve different you know purposes in your life or professional life. And then you you just go go to them, turn to them for help at the time, and start a conversation, continue the conversation, and be be keen and be genuine about your questions. I think people always will be always there for, for you for me in my, in my, in my experience. Um, I don't know whether that answered your question. I think there's a lot I want to learn. I, every day I just, I want to be better, a better CEO for my company because I think Chino Pala deserves that. I don't know exactly um, what exactly I need to do today and tomorrow, but I kind of uh, more in- intuitively seeing, oh, this topic, weak on that. So I need to read or ask about how do I become more confident in making those decisions. Last couple of good books you've listened to on Audible, what comes to mind? Um, right now I'm reading this really interesting book. I think it's called How Design Changed the World. I think that's the name. That's one. And then there's a little bit before, you know, you probably heard that a lot recently. It's a category creation, um, right? The big, uh, I read two books on that topic. One is uh, Think Bigger. Yep. Have you read that one? Yes. Phenomenal book. Phenomenal. It's a great one. And then the, uh, the, the category creation, that book is also very, you know, practical. I think it's big. If you read that in sequence, you kind of get the idea, the concept, the bigger thoughts, picture. The second one tells you how to implement it. I think combining those two will be a good bundle. Yeah. And then, you know, there's other things on nutrition. I think I read a Deep Medicine. That was a good one. Kind of encompassing a little bit of everything on AI, medicine, data, and personalization, and so on. So that was a good book I read recently. What, how about you, Mike? What, what books did you read that I can adopt? Ooh, I like the turnaround. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. Mm-hmm. Let me think. Um, I recently, well, so my my books are kind of eclectic. I, I recently finished a book called Business Adventures, which was written forever. It's, it's an older book. It was written in like, uh, I, I, I don't even know that I could, venture a guess, but the, the voice is a, a little bit older and it, it's about early, each chapter is kind of a, a different look at early events in kind of American business history and, and what the ramifications of, of those were. So it looks at like some different scandals, like the Texas Gulf sulfur scandal, um, 
the Ford Motor Company's release of the Edsel, the how Xerox kind of rose to dominance and and what that looked like. So it just it, it's like this different eclectic collection of of different things that were kind of fundamental in in American business. And um, th- there's no like I, maybe there were and I just missed them. I don't think there's like concrete takeaways from it so much as as you're I listened to it on Audible, but as you're listening to these things, I I'm then thinking through in, in my business, what, like, where's my, where's my Edsel, right? So all of the, all of these Ford executives who are smart people who know what their customer wants, who know, who know, like, you know, they've been in this business forever, but like they all went down this path and, and made this mistake. And how does that, how does that happen? And, and then where in my business is that happening? Right. Or, you know, you can kind of do that with each chapter to just ask yourself at Xerox with category creation, actually, um, you know, wh- where, where are places that we could be or should be doing that? So anyway, it, w- it was super interesting. I liked that in particular. I, I thought that was a super fun book. I've been reading a lot about food, ironically, and our food production system, which is mostly depressing here in the United States. Uh, j- n- not just, you know, factory farming, but, um, you know, that all the other things that go into getting, you know, that last mile of food to your table. And that's been, it's part of the reason why I reached out to you, just remembering the, the talk that you gave and, and the product that you built. And I, it's very timely for me right now. And then I'd probably say the the best business book I read, because I, I love sales and selling is uh, Flip the Script by Oren Claff. That's probably one of my favorites for this year. If you're at all listening to this and you're in any way related to sales or a sales role, it's a must listen, must read. Uh, really good. Nice. Thank you. Yeah. I, all those are, sounds, sounds wonderful. So you'd also mentioned having a, a couple of close mentors that you could lean on. I, I'd be curious, how did you find those mentors? Did they find you? Is it, was there, was it a purposeful thing that you went out to seek or did it, did it just, you just happen to, fall into those relationships and they fit. I, any thoughts on that? Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, for, for me, it was, I, I have a lot of serendipity in my life, but not, not for mentors for some reason. They're all very, <laughs> uh, they all like, uh, you know, I wish I have a, like a, a neighbor just talk through and one day we'll, we'll have a business together, like your last um, guest and stories are wonderful. For me, I, I think it's because I have this, this mission for Genopilot, and you know, just during this Genopilot time, or on that case only, is I I know what I potentially need, so I I just keep talk, talking about it with my smartest friend. So what the the today's uh, the individuals I call as the men, refer to as mentors with you, they are really if you really track how did I meet that person, right? How did I become that you know, mentor, mentee, or or colleagues, how did that evolved into that? It's really it's all happened kind of through a a friend who was in my network in my life already because he was or she was listening to my story, and he one day pick up. Oh, you need to talk to Huan Hu. So I talked to the Huan Hu. And then the the second person lead to another person, and eventually get to this person that develop into this long term relationship with. So that's that's how it works for me. I'm sure anybody can kind of find a mentor in many many different ways. But my point there is, I think if it's 
a mission-driven pursuit, then that's naturally you need to make some effort to find that person that can help you. I like that answer. Thank you. Uh, if folks want to learn more about GenoPallet or if they want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Um, if you want to learn about the company, we have all the information on our GenoPallet.com. It's pretty comprehensive there. And if you want to get contact with me, feel free to send me an email. We love, uh, always love to to learn and, and get to know a, a new friend. My my um, my email is pretty simple. It's a Sherry S H E R R Y at GinoPallet dot com. That would be great. Sherry, thank you so much for doing this uh, awesome story. Congratulations on the success, and I hope you you keep killing it. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you, Mike. If you're thinking of launching a SaaS product, startup competitors can provide data on your closest competitors, survey potential users, or provide other product validation services. Learn more at startupcompetitors.com.